Well, hello everybody, and I am Louise Eddington, the Cosmic Owl of Cosmic Owl Astrology, and I'm doing a, a short extra podcast um, video episode to talk about something that I consider to be quite momentous that's happening um, tonight, early tomorrow morning. So I'm going to share the chart and um, but before I start, I will talk about the first thing, I, but I also realize that I promised a couple of people a little bit of a vid, short video about Pluto um, finishing up his time in Capricorn. And because I was sick at the time I promised it and I've been on catch up, I didn't get it. So I'm going to look at that after I've talked about the Draconic Bowl ending. Now, the Draconic Bowl is um, it's also known as the Kala Sapa Yoga in Vedic astrology. And um, is, that roughly translates as the time of the black snake. Now, um, I've gathered the dates, or I started to gather the dates for these draconic bowls, but then I found that um, an um, astrological colleague of mine, astromanda.com, has uh, did uh, the research as well and she created a handy little table so I'm going to link to her article in the show notes <coughs> below so you can have a look at those but um, the draconic bowls are also known as um, the uh, nodal bind and what it means is that all the planets are trapped between the nodes confined to one side of the nodes okay now I think Vedic astrology though I am not a Vedic astrologer um, actually only uses um, all the planets out till Saturn and um, it, they're trapped between the head Rahu and tail Ketu of the snake that tie up the planets like a noble nodal bind However, um, I've been bringing it in to tropical astrology by including all the 10 planets as Astromanda as. And I only discovered her article two days ago after I've been talking about this for a heck of a long time. So we're going to use all the planets out to um, Pluto for, for our definition of a draconic bowl a nodal bind or the Kalasapa yoga, the time of the black snake, which I've described as a real alchemical time of change and chaos and separation and transformation. Um, Manda describes it as um, like a hard aspect between Pluto and Saturn. Um, she describes it as a time where there's separation, isolation, disconnection, extreme measures to protect and pressure and protect ourselves and um, pressure to be self-resourceful. Now, um, we've been in this period of three draconic bowls that I've been tracking and the first one was 25th of February 2020 to 29th of May 2020. So that was 94 days. Then we had one from the 31st of December 2020 to the 28th of March 2021. 
that was 87 days. And now we've been in this really long one that's just finishing from 15th of December 2021, when Mars crossed the South Node until 24th of April 2022. Right, so you, have you got the idea? And if you look at the pattern, you can see that all the planets um, are trapped here. But I think this one has been even more unique because Chiron is there and it was in the other one, in the other two since 2020 as well. And um, also Ceres was in this one in the early days. So we're gonna look back at a couple of these dates to look at this um, draconic bowl. But I want to show you something even more, which I think is even more unusual. Because if I add in the asteroids, which I have begun to work with, the major asteroids, <coughs> excuse me, the major goddess asteroids, as Demetra George told, called them in her fabulous book, Goddess Asteroids, um, they are all trapped in the draconic bowl as well. And we've had and we had a Venus retrograde in the draconic bowl. This has been the most intense time of transformation. Now, before I go on, and I'm going to kind of dazzle you a little bit with um, some charts. She looked back at um, some of the previous draconic bowl patterns, and then we're going to look ahead a little bit as well. So during World War II in the 1840s, we had um, one, two, three, four draconic bowls, two of them really long, between 1940 and 1947. The last one ended. Um, on the 1st of October of 1947. And that really, if you think about the energy of World War II, I was brought up with that history. Um, there was a lot of mass evacuations and separation. There were children who were just sent out to foster homes until the war was over. Um, and so of course there was, there was separation from families with their uh, um, males going off to war as well and and so that was a time but but she likens it to this Pied Piper operation as it was called and I remember all these stories of that when I was growing up that all these children would be just sent off on the train with a little kind of badge hanging from their neck and sent off to foster homes and literally separated from their from their mothers from their parents um, if they lived in the cities that were being blitzed by the uh, bombs from the Germans. So, um, and there was also the Japanese internment in, in the USA, which was mass relocation of people into camps. And of course, Finland evacuated children as well, but then there was the Holocaust, literally separating people from their communities and taking them into camps. So that was a, an intense time of the Black Snake. So it wasn't really so much uh, particularly about the war because we'll see other um, times of the Black Snake or Draconic Bowls involved other things, but they did involve a lot of separation. And that one was really intense because we had the five um, um, Draconic Bowls. 
there was also uh, three in um, the from 1883 to 1885. So I'll let you look back to that if you want. And um, two from 1853 to 1859. But we're going to look a little bit ahead. I don't want to spend too much time on the past. There was two periods of the Draconic Bowl in the 1950s that coincided with the polio epidemic. And so here we had, um, you know, a disease epidemic again um, that involved quarantine, ban on public gatherings and school closures. And also, of course, there were the um, people that were put in isolation tanks, the, you know, the, the iron lung to help them breathe with the polio. And people were scared to even touch paper money or shake hands. Does that remind you of something? Then we had the AIDS epidemic in the 1980s. Now that one had one, two, three, four, six, six periods, six draconic bowls in the um, 1980s. And that was the AIDS epidemic. And that was the worst years of the AIDS epidemic, of course. People either shut them off from the world due to shame and stigma, or they were distanced uh, by others. Um, you know, the people weren't oh, clearly, uh, you know, people didn't want to touch them. People were shunned from swimming in the same pool, discriminated by being kicked out of school, uh, refused treatment. Um, and things, of course, once the draconic bowls ended and people realized they couldn't catch AIDS by shaking hands and so on, the stigma began to less and resulted in more support. And now we come to the um, COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, the, nodal the nodal binds or draconic bowls began February the 2020, uh, February the, let me have a look, February the 25th to be exact. And we've had two, three periods. And they of course have coincided by, um, uh, you know, not shaking hands, wearing gloves and masks, social distancing sheltering in place, school and business closures, um, complete lockdown in some countries. And kind of where it began is kind of where it's ending at the moment um, with this extreme lockdown in China. Um, and I, but I do kind of predict that things are going to start to settle down. That doesn't mean COVID's gonna disappear just as AIDS dis didn't disappear and polio didn't completely disappear right away. But, you know, it's becoming less serious. It's more and more people have got immunity, uh, though it's discovered that we can get it more than, one, uh, more than once. I'm not saying it's become like a seasonal flu yet. It's still officially a pandemic, but I think we are in the end of this period. And then, of course, we've seen the Ukraine war and this huge separation in Ukraine of the refugees leaving behind their menfolk, the women and children, literally leaving the country, their communities and going to escape the war while their husbands had to stay and their menfolk had to stay and fight. Or even to the degree of my, my own friend in Ukraine. Um, is um, holed up in the countryside in a house staying with some refugees from Kyiv. She's, she's stayed in um, Ukraine, but she's separated from her home 
and her community. So these draconic bowls have been really dramatic, but there is good news. But here's the chart of um, this draconic bowl ending officially tomorrow, um, early tomorrow morning, 10.27 a.m. Mountain time, Mercury crosses the North Node and then will be gradually followed by the sun and then uh, gradually everything's going to spread out. Now, Ceres, I consider Ceres to be a planet. So I'm just going to go back a little bit. Ceres was also in this draconic bowl and she passed the uh, North Node on January the 31st. And to my mind, we started to ease out of it by then. Yes, we've had another variant um, spreading COVID. Lots of my friends in the UK have had it particularly and, and friends here have had it, but it does seem to be kind of less serious, less hospitalizations. The death numbers are going down dramatically. So I kind of feel like we started to leave this then. Okay. And so then, as I said, you know, we, we've got Mercury crossing the North Node. Now, interestingly, Mercury and Ceres were um, paired together in the pantheon of gods and goddesses in the Roman Dei Consentis. They were not lovers as such, but they were paired. The, the gods and goddesses, there was 12, there was six goddesses, six gods. They were paired, all paired in six different pairs. And Mercury and Ceres were um, paired together. And to my mind, they are like bookends in our um, solar system. Because if you go with the moon, uh, sorry, the sun in the center of our solar system, outwards, Mercury is the first planet, the first rock from the sun. Then we have Venus, then we have Earth, then we have Mars, but then we have Ceres, which is just inside the asteroid belt, and she has been redefined as a dwarf planet. I kind of think she's the missing, um, uh, missing personal planet, the Great Mother. Anyway, that's my theory. But she is the the last rock, if you like, just before the asteroid belt. She was classed as an asteroid originally. She's right on the inside edge of the asteroid belt before we go out to all the outer planets and the trans-Neptunian objects and so on and so forth. So we're coming out of this tremendous time of confinement. And as I said, one by one, the planets will uh, spread out, move around, things will start to free up. Now, of course, it's not the only factor in the crazy times that we've had, but it is one of them. Now, the good news is we don't get another one until 2036. And at that time, Vesta will be out here. Um, we did have Juno and Vesta were kind of carrying the draconic bowl uh, some of the time in the last um, two and a half years. OK, um, so that one asteroid is there. But as you can see, again, all the asteroids or asteroids apart from Vesta are um, in this draconic bowl. So it's not till May the 12th, 2036. 
And by that time, um, Pluto will be in Aquarius. Pluto actually starts that draconic bowl. Um, Neptune will be in Aries, will be in a whole different world. And this draconic bowl in 2036 is actually pretty, pretty um, short. So it's May the 12th, 2036 until, bear with me, quick, 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 come on, slow coach software. <laughs> so when Saturn crosses the North Node, I will show you. So remember it started May the 12th. Um, by July the 4th, Saturn will cross the North Node and move beyond. And so that's a relatively short one. So at times where there's been one short one, there may be a little blip of something, but not much. After that, I actually could not find another one. And that was in a relatively brief look but I could not find another one until 2124. So I'm just gonna show you that one. And that didn't include Chiron, which is in this one. And it also didn't include Eris, okay, which is um, included in this one. And if we take, let's say Chiron to that south node then, so this is 2124. We take Chiron to that south node in 2124, July the 14th, 2024. <laughs> we can see it's all broken up. So again, that's going to be a very short one. And it doesn't include everything that they these draconic bowls have included. So these have been the most intense draconic bowls I've ever been able to find. So even if we include all the planets out to Pluto that we use now, so, um, you know, that's all the personal ones that I mentioned. So the sun, uh, moon dips in and out every month. Let me just stop the share while I talk about this. So the sun, the moon, Mercury, Venus, Mars, and then Saturn um, and Ceres, of course and then Jupiter and Neptune and Uranus and Pluto. Eris has been in there. Um, we've got all these major asteroids in, these, in this draconic bowl. This has been a time of major, major change. So I'm gonna share the chart again and I'm gonna uh, just talk about that Pluto as well. So I'm gonna kind of show you um, everything in it and then I'm going to strip some stuff out again so it's clearer. So I do want to go back to when Ceres crossed that north node again. So again that was January the 31st. So as I said we've been coming out of it for a while. Then I want to add in Sedna and Sedna was conjunct at that point. And Sedna is, um, she means spiritual destiny through crisis. Her story was also one of loss, separation, grief. Um, in, in the myth, she um, 
was tricked into marrying somebody who she thought was kind of a god and would treat her as the goddess she deserved to be. And he turned out to be this evil kind of bird type figure who lived in a nest on the rocks and, and treated her really badly. And she was really upset. And um, her father rescued her, but um, her husband sent this kind of storm because he was so um, angry that she left. And this was, she's an Inuit goddess, by the way. Um, so from Alaska, from up that kind of area. And anyway, the storm capsized the boat, tipped her out of the boat, and her father decided to save him, himself by one by one chopping all her fingers off because she was clinging to the boat and she sank to the bottom of the um, ocean. Um, but where she became um, a, the a goddess of the oceans, and she could be quite vengeful. And if she wasn't honored by the Inuits, there was no harvest in the ocean. Now, interestingly, her um, orbit, Sedna, is about 11,400 years, which takes us to the Paleolithic um, era, which is at the end of the last ice age. So I can't, I'm not gonna go back into a lot of history about that, but she is very much connected with, um, uh, with climate change. Um, because after the ice age, after when the ice melted, that's when uh, uh, the humans or humanoids or whatever we want to call them at that point, went from being um, uh, hunter gatherers and nomadic peoples to um, agrarian and so on and so forth. So, um, you can see that she was involved in huge, huge changes, not just the smaller changes that we've been through for the last, um, last while. Now, Ceres as well, I want to talk to you about that. So this is getting a bit longer than I intended, but this is where I'm going to bring Pluto in. Um, Ceres um, was discovered in 1801 in the middle of the Industrial Age. Now, it's my theory because Ceres is in is connected with the earth. She is the great mother earth and she is involved in um, loss, grief and separation as well. You're getting the, the, the kind of gist of all of this, okay? But she's also um, about forgiveness. Now these three met at the 28 degrees of Taurus, which is a really key degree. We also had an, one of the first eclipses in the, this Taurus Scorpio season that we're entering right now. Uh, the first one of them was in November, November the 19th, 2021 at 27 degrees Taurus. So this spot in Taurus is really important. And Sedna is staying there right now because she has an 11,400 year orbit. Therefore, she moves extremely slowly and stays at the same degree for a long time. But the North Node is our karmic potential. That's our future. So the North Node hits Ceres at the same, sorry, hits Sedna at the same time as Ceres. They were all at that right same 28 degrees. So remember 28 degrees Taurus. This is amazing times we're coming in. It's not just the draconic ball. It's everything else as well. All right. So I want to bring you to today. And Pluto is at 28 degrees and Pluto is stationing retrograde at 28 degrees. 
and I'm going to draw some lines. And I'm going to add in a couple of other. Um, so Pluto is in an ongoing trine with Ceres, sorry, with Sedna. And then I want to add in Haumea, because we've had Sedna and Haumea are two of the newly discovered dwarf planets. Eris is another one, and she has played her part in all of this, but um, I'm going to stick to Pluto right now. Um, so Eris, we have Pluto in square to Haumea. Now Haumea is rebirth, and she is very Pluto-like, because Pluto is death and rebirth, but she is pure creation, pure birth. She was the creation goddess, the mother of Pele in, in the Polynesian pantheon in Hawaii. So she is pure rebirth. And we've got all of this at 28 degrees. Okay, so that's one thing we've got going. We've got the draconic bowl ending, and we have all of these. And you know me, if you follow my podcast, I love the numerology too. 28 degrees is a 10, which is a one, which is new beginnings. I just really think we are birthing this new era. And whether we're a part of it as humans is kind of up to us because we are being given the lessons of all of this. Now, I did say I would talk about um, when I went the sun squared Pluto the other day. So I'm going to go back to that. So on April the 18th, the sun squared Pluto at 28. So at that point, we had to go back to my arrows. We had a T square between Haumea, Pluto, and Haumea, and Sedna at 28 degrees, okay? So again, you can't make this up. And the reason why I think this was important is this was the last square from the Sun in Aries to Pluto in Capricorn. Now, all the other opening squares, which means the sun is moving away from Pluto, um, will be uh, from Taurus to Aquarius. We're not finished with Pluto in Aquarius by any means, because Pluto moves into Aquarius. Let me give you the dates. He moves in and out. And I do want to quickly give you those dates. Pluto is will move into Aquarius on March the 23rd, 2023, but will move back into Capricorn on June the 11th, 2023, then move into Aquarius on January the 20th, 2024, until September the 1st, 2024, and then will be moved back into Capricorn until November the 19th. 2024. So I'm going to show you November the 19th, 2024. And I want to show you how different the chart will look by then. Okay. So we'll move to November the 19th, 2024. 
we'll do uh, Pluto ingress into Aquarius. This is final move into Aquarius. Okay, so there he is. All right, by that point, Sedna will be at zero degrees Gemini. By that point, Haumea will be at two degrees of Scorpio. All three of these major outer planetary bodies will have changed signs, okay? Um, by that point, Uranus is about to move, uh, is about to conjunct um, Sedna. They're going to do a little dance together as well. Eris will still be at 24 degrees of Aries, though, because she um, is a little bit of a slow mover as well. So she's been a big part in all of this. But guess what? At the time of this, Ceres is coming up to square Eris. But anyway, I'm, I'm kind of going off on too many tangents. I just want you to see that we are moving out of a time of great turmoil. Um, of great earth changes and we don't really know what's coming yet but the fact that all these draconic bowls end we only have one short one in 2036 and then I could not find any more for a um, hundred years is is to my mind um, suggesting that we are moving out of the worst period of time and it hopefully learning the lessons of the cosmos and the universe. So I hope you enjoyed this. Um, if you've got any questions about it, please post them in the YouTube comments. If you're listening on Audible, um, on, on audio, on Spotify or on iTunes, please come to the YouTube channel Cosmic Owl Astrology and ask me a question in the comments. And while you're here watching on video, please subscribe to my channel because I think we're heading into some very exciting times. And by, no, by the end of 2024, things are really um, going to look very, very different. So fingers crossed it's good change. I think it is, but we'll see, I guess. <laughs> oh, incidentally, guess where the sun is on that day? 28 degrees. Wow. <laughs> anyway, that's enough from Louise. I'll see you on the next podcast.